0: Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. (laughs) What is up, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. to course, that's on our podcast once again. I'm Josh Shuganoff. He's the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of talk about this week. We got some UFC Vegas 38, UFC Vegas 39. Obviously, the biggest fight this week being Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 3, the trilogy going down in Vegas. Uh, as always, sponsor this week, Rogue Energy. Uh, you guys have heard about him by now. If you win 10% off your order, the leader in all of energy products, use code sound of checkout. It's code sound at checkout for 10% off for all of your energy needs. Uh, So, you know, last Saturday night, Angel, uh, it was a card. Um, It was certainly an MMA event. Of all the events I've seen, it was one of them. I will say, though, it wasn't bad. I think we kind of agreed beforehand, like before we started filming. It wasn't a bad card. It was a weird one, though. Uh, We can start off with the main event. Uh, Tiago Santos defeating Johnny Walker. Unanimous decision, all judges having it 48-47. Uh, this is not a terrible fight. I didn't hate it as much as most people did, just based off uh, looking at Twitter, looking at Instagram, stuff like that. People hated this fight. I thought it was just kind of a, you know, two guys that were technical, knowing that they could get knocked out, so they were a bit more, bit more hesitant. Uh,
1: what do you think about the fight? And personally, how did you score it? I had it for Santos. I thought one won. Mm, okay. I mean, it was it was a close fight. Let's be 100% honest with that. It was a close fight, regardless of what anybody says. It was a close fight. Just keep it plain and simple. I mean, it wasn't – as much as you want to say on that weekend, it wasn't the worst judge fight of the night or, you know, that weekend, you know? Mm -hmm. Of course, of
0: course. Um, And honestly, I mean, I thought – I mean, I I totally scored it for Santos, but ultimately it came down to that fifth and final round where he landed that huge overhand right that nearly dropped Walker. Had he not done that, I think he would have lost. I mean – He landed
1: two two big shots in that round. Uh, was it a previous only, round?
0: Yeah, it might have been a previous round. I honestly only remember that that last shot in the fifth, like that one big shot. It's possible he landed another one, but just a he, he landed
1: up. multiple throughout the night, and, and then he ate, and then you know Walker like ate multiple of them too.
0: Yeah, Johnny Walker really he showed that he had a, a bit of a chin on him after obviously Corey Anderson knocked him out, and then Ryan Spann nearly knocked him out in the fight before that. But you know, as much as the story is that Thiago won this fight in kind of like a weird, boring fight. Um, I think I get your opinion on this because I've seen a lot of people really kind of obviously now he trains at s b g Johnny Walker does. uh this is his third loss in four fights, and a lot of people kind of noticed that like he was a lot more hesitant to pull the trigger. he was throwing a lot more feints but he wasn't throwing much out in terms of output, just to begin with. um what are your kind of thoughts on Johnny Walker moving forward from here? I mean, dude, it's crazy to think about, but go back you know two years, two and a half years. He had one of the biggest hype trains we'd seen for a guy in a long time. I mean, he had three highlight reel knockouts against good guys all within the span of a minute. Uh, and obviously, if they were grooming him to be the title challenger, how he beat Corey, he would have gotten it. Now to three losses in the last four and switching camps, a lot of people are blaming his camp for the fight. What do you think about Johnny Walker? Move forward?
1: I mean, as far as a career, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's in a bad place. I mean, he's still able to... Especially in that division. I mean, I feel like two solid wins and you're back in the mix. I mean, look at Anthony Smith. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, it didn't take him that long. And granted, he did, you know, come in as, as a replacement. What was it, the Jimmy Crew fight? He wasn't... Or was, no, no, no. He did fight that one. But I thought there was one in there that he came in and, and came in as a last-minute replacement. I might be wrong. Regardless, though, he found himself in uh, good positions. You know, obviously stuff happened in, 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 in some of those fights that led to... His his advantage, right, in, in one of those. In the other two, he came out and performed. Mm-hmm. So for Johnny Walker, it's just a matter of just stringing it back together again. It's it's not going to take very long. I mean, look at it. Again, Thiago Santos. Uh, those last couple losses, he just got a win over a name like Johnny Walker. He won't be too long before he's in that mix again. So mm-hmm. it's all a matter of time and, and whether if he decides to make the adjustments. And he's not a bad fighter. We know that. He's got the skill set to improve. To blame his camp, I mean— yeah, was there things his corner was telling him that probably weren't true? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you can say that, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Is SBG the best for him? I, I don't know. I think he is the only one who knows that. Only a fighter knows who the best fit for him, you know? Mm-hmm. no No fighter, you know, there's no camp. There's very few camps who go after a fighter rather than a fighter going after a camp. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. be honest. It's just a fact of life. No camp is going to be chasing someone any fighter to be in there you know if you want to come you can come and and it might work it'd be very rare the one that might be there like oh yo we want this guy because i think we can work with him well you know Mm -hmm. and and and, and maybe there is the rare occasion where you know their name gets mentioned because they're having a trouble with a particular thing and and they think they can help with the adjustment right and obviously it looks good on them and they just like the guy and they want him to succeed you know so Mm -hmm. i don't know is it or is it that's up for debate There's a lot of great camps out there if he does want to change it. He's trained at multiple places. He's been all over the world. I mean, he's been at Tiger Muay Thai. He's been in gyms in Brazil. Obviously, he's been in gyms in America. And obviously, he's with SVG now. And obviously, he's getting married to a woman from Ireland, I guess. I don't know. I saw that he announced that he's engaged. So, I'm assuming she's from Ireland. I don't know. I I might be incorrect there. (laughs) But, uh you know, I let's let's see what he does going forward, if he does decide to change camps or not. I don't think he will. I don't think SBG is necessarily a bad fit. I mean there's a lot of other great camps in my opinion, with a lot of other great fighters. I mean probably some of the best gyms in the world are in the States. You know, no disrespect to any of the gyms outside of the, you know, US. I was I mean we have AKA fucking elevation. Uh, Rufus Sport. I mean, all just those three gyms are fucking amazing. So, I mean, if he ever does want to change, I mean, America is a place to be. And obviously, with the PI being such a big thing now and, and the UFC being like, hey, use the fucking PI, you know, you have access to it. I mean, moving to Vegas would never be a bad option, but who knows what his plan is going for. Like I said, it was not going to take a lot of wins for him to, to get back in the mix. Mm hmm.
0: Of course, and I just kind of wanted to get your brief opinion
1: about that, obviously,
0: because I've seen there's been a lot of talk about it. But I'm kind of on the same, I'm kind of on the same wavelength with you. I mean, ultimately, I don't think his corner did him, you know, a service uh, honestly on Saturday with the kind of John Kavanaugh saying that they were up, that they were clearly up, blah blah blah, blah so on and so forth. Um, whenever it was a very very close fight, I think that he needed more activity in order to get it done. They didn't tell him to put more activity out there, but also we're one fight in. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's one fight into this camp, like, w- working with them. And honestly, I liked a lot of what I saw. I mean, people th- – I mean, as much as I enjoyed Johnny Walker's fighting style, his fighting style was not conducted to a long career. You know what I mean? Just balls out doing crazy stuff. Um, and, yeah, it's really, really fun to watch, but we c- clearly saw – like, he hit his – like, he hit the wall, and he hit it hard, dude. Like, he – he got knocked out by Corey. He got dominated, you know. Before that, I mean, the fight following that, and then obviously he faced um, Ryan Spann, nearly got knocked out by Spann. Had a great comeback, but still, he was he was inches away from you know three fight skid with that current style. So him going to more defensive oriented, throwing out a, little, a lot more feints. More one fight into this whole thing, he faced a top five guy in Santos, and he was, you know, one good round away from winning it. So, uh, I think it is what it is. I think a lot of people are really overreacting in that regard. He's also very, very young. He had a huge frame for the division. Johnny Walker's going to be fine. Let me just tell you guys. Johnny Walker, is, he's he's going to be fine. Don't worry. Uh event. This one, not a whole lot to talk about, but I didn't want to get your opinion. Kevin Holland, Kyle Dukakis ending in a no contest. Uh, round one, obviously, you know, the game plan for everybody now finding Kevin Holland is to go and try and wrestle the shit out of him. Kyle Dawkins, obviously... Tried to do that, wasn't having much success. They separate, massive headbutt, unintentional, but still a uh, head clash did happen. And Kevin Holland actually goes out. He gets knocked out. He wakes up on the ground, starts fighting off Kylo the Caucus. Dukakis ends up getting in a rear naked choke. And then, after a seemingly 25 minute review, they decide to label the fight as no contest. Um, I saw, I mean, really, it seems to be pretty clear that most people think no contest is the right call. But do you think that it was the right call, kind of given that it's setting a precedence for the future, and also
1: are you cool with them running it back so quickly? Yes and yes, you okay. know i i'm on the, I'm on the page for it. i the night of them like if that's not a no contest that's bullshit mhm that that was instantly what I said and uh and I was like they gotta run it back, and they are so both guys were down. there was no animosity there, so it's fucking get it mhm-. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Yeah,
0: I I mean, one thing I'll say this much. The fact that uh, it's a no contest, great. Zero complaints about that. I am a little bit hesitant about them running it back so quickly. They're going to be fighting in, I believe, 37 days, something along those lines. They're they're having a very, very quick turnaround time. Um, And that's just, I mean, personally, I think even – he didn't get knocked out by a punch, but he still got knocked out. So I think maybe they should – be a bit more chill about that. I mean we've seen what happens in the past and every guys get rushed back after getting put to sleep and it generally does not go well. Um and just for his brain, I don't think it should rush back so quickly. But you know it is it is what it is. As far as the rest of the card goes, I thought this is actually a pretty fun one, but just you personally, what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight?
1: Bad uh, let me have it up uh well alexander hernandez man let's put it out there i mean he he was kind of set up for this one let's be real right mm-hmm. let's just put it out there it was kind of set up for his success and look he came out he did it they put him against a lower level guy okay let's go up a step guy who's still a little lower than you for a lower level competition than what you were fighting and let's just build up again honestly they just got to keep going that same direction with them so it was a good thing but obviously they need to also increase the competition so he's not also trailblazing through everybody that coming through and obviously it was a guy who came in on short notice missed weight i believe and you know is it was making his ufc debut so there's a lot of stuff there so maybe the next opponent will be also a good matchup for him and also he'll be able to take something away from it and also get a good one for himself mm-hmm.
0: yeah um and honestly i mean I it was a lower level competition but i think he kind of i think he kind of needed that i mean he's fought we went over it last time but like he has fought a fucking murderer's row, dude. I mean, like, he's fought the best of the best of the best in that division. Uh, and still all in his 20s. I mean, he's still... Um, he just turned 29 last week. Um, so, honestly, I was fine with him having this fight, and he looked great, dude. I think we clearly see, it, like, all the physical talent is there, man. He's just got to get it fine-tuned, and I'm, I'm not sure if he needs a new camp. I know that he did recently move to Factory X in 2020. Um, so, ultimately, it's... it's uh, We'll see what happens to him, dude. But I'm I'm not gonna give up on that kid, dude. He has so many good wins. He has so much good physical talent that like anything is possible for sure. Um, I thought whenever he debuted in 2018, I thought that kid was gonna be a future star. I, I and I think he still might be. We'll still have we'll still have to see though. That was a hell of a knockout, obviously over the debut and Mike Breeden, like you said, he took the fight on short notice. Nico Price, Alex Oliveira. This was not uh, you know, it was this one was seventy fight of the night. These are two extremely entertaining guys. Nico, obviously, I'd say he's the most entertaining fighter in the UFC right now. Full stop. Alex Oliveira has put on banger after banger over after banger over the last few years. This fight was okay. I mean, it yep. was it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't bad, but um, it was not all it was hyped up to be. Uh, I don't like. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to jinx it, but it really does look like Alex Oliveira is on the the latter half of his career, which is really sad.
1: You, you just noticed?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. But like, <laughs> I noticed. I mean, honestly, after the fucking Randy Brown fight, but it is still
1: sad. <laughs> I mean, he's um, riding—he's writing a loss streak right now, isn't he? Like three, maybe even four of this one? He's lost three in a row, and
0: I thought he lost to Peter Sabata and Max Griffin, which were his two fights before
1: that. But, and before that, he had lost three in a row. He had
0: lost three in a row. You can make a very good case that he <laughs> should be on an eight, like an eight fight losing streak
1: he's 33. He looks a lot older. Like I'm not trying to be mean or nothing, but
0: hey, dude, he's living that hard life, dude. I mean, he has 11 kids. He, no, wait, he
1: has 11 kids? Yeah, he has 11 kids. Holy fuck, that
0: man! I believe all of. I don't quote me on this. I don't want to. I don't want to like give him in direct information. I think it's also that he has Different baby like moms. 11 kids, 11 different moms. Oh my God, what a guy! Cool a, guy of the week.
1: That's not a lot of child <laughs> support.
0: He also, I mean, just you, you, you read his wiki sometime, dude. Like, he, he got, in uh, 2018, I know he had to pull out of a fight because a grenade was, like, thrown at him. What and, like, he fuck? got, like, yeah, okay, so actually, I have not pulled up right now. Olivera suffered a leg injury and went for surgery on Christmas Eve in 2018 to remove fragments of a grenade when he went to get gasoline for his mother's car, Teresa Brazil. And a grave was thrown in his direction while his family members were on an altercation with thugs, machetes, knives, and a grenade.
1: What a fucking
0: badass. (laughs) And then he also... 2019, Olivera got into an altercation with a security guard during a party. Next morning, Olivera showed up to his wife's apartment where he allegedly assaulted her, fleeing the scene in a motorcycle with their baby daughter. Allegedly. This is all alleged. And this happened two years ago, so I'm not really sure...
1: What the fuck? I, didn't, I had no
0: idea about any of this. This is how it ends. Oliveira also said they were only... This is in 2020. Like he's, this is, He gave a statement about it like a year later. Oliveira also said they were only having an argument and that they have not have not separated. On the contrary, his wife is pregnant once again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <my> <laughs> <wife>. <laughs> cool guy oh. of the week, Alex Oliveira. Uh, it did not go his way last Saturday, but still forever cool guy of the week. Um, Christoph Jocko defeated
1: Misha Serkinov. I'm not wow. sure how to
0: say after that, but. <laughs>
1: I know. How'd you feel about that fight? First of all, I thought it was, I thought Sir, dude, I don't know. I just felt like Serkinov could have had that, honestly. I thought
0: Serkinov, he was so close, dude. I don't like the move down, honestly. I thought 205 is the place to be for him.
1: You think so? I thought I he, was he was going to do great. That's why I, I actually had him picked.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I thought he was going to win too, just because I'm not high on
1: Jocko. But he was close, dude. He's so fucking close. Maybe it would work. It's just that fight was close. So you gotta give him time. Jocko's a bad man, though. I mean, it's it's no. Jocko's a good fighter. Yeah. But there was also some... there was like two fouls in that fight too, weren't there? Like I like two he poked eyes... him in the eyes twice. Yeah, exactly. That was. The and other and thing, by too, the way, that... that pissed me off because I saw that he poked. Okay, so he
0: I don't remember. Wasn't there? He poked... wasn't there an, no, there was an eye poke and a groin strike. Never mind. Right? Right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was an eye poke and a groin strike. But in the That's third a, round, right. he poked him in the eyes. And Serkinov took a minute and he was like talking shit to him in between. I'm like, how do you to take a point from the guy at that point? Like he's yelling, he's talking shit across the octagon on him. He wasn't going to his corner either. He was like trying to get up in his face while, You know, he was Serkinov was taking yeah, his time. Yeah. I
1: think that's why that I was mad. I think that's why I was mad about that, fight Cuz there was 2 or 3 fouls in there and I was like, "Really? This fucking blows?" Yeah. And I just I I don't know. I thought he should have honestly taken a point after that. I'm like, "How are you going to how are you
0: going to do that, man? How are you going to do that?" Um but yeah, I mean, as far as the rest of the card goes, I mean, there were there were ultimately a couple of other ones. Kesey O'Neill picking up a nice win over Antoniva Shevchenko. What is Antoniva doing at this point? You know what I mean? What what is her game plan for the UFC because she's 36 now?
1: We ask this every single time she fights, man. But
0: but here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: It's like when she
0: first came in, there was kind of I was like, why are you fighting at 125? But I kind of got it. Because whenever she was coming in, it was like she's undefeated. In her, she's she talked about it in an interview. She's like, "I'm gonna beat girls before they have the chance to even get to my sister." And I'm like, "Oh, that's pretty badass. Like she's she's the big sister." And she came in, she wrecked a couple girls in a row. She was on one of the first contender series seasons. I think it was season two. Uh, and then you know she, and it looked like she was like she was undefeated. She had a kickboxing background. She was like a champion and blah blah blah. And then she just got dominated by Rox and Montefiore, and it's been all downhill since. <laughs> but this one was really bad, because she was tuning her up on the feet, but she just could not even have the most basic of takedown defense, so Casey O'Neill just took her down again and again and again, and eventually got the TKO. So I don't know what she's doing, dude. I really don't. Um, but we got to give a quick shout-out to two fighters who are now, one of them is retired, one of them is out of the UFC, two Brazilian legends, one of them being Pech Coheia, retired, on Saturday night, I, I, we talked about it last, she missed weight once again, but yep. she, she went out, she, she had a, she announced her retirement, a, a pioneer of, of women's, MM, you know, I guess technically women's UFC fighting. She's been in there since like 2013, you know, she's been there for a long time as far as women go. And then shout out my boy, Johnny Eduardo, who did get cut earlier today. And honestly, I forget about it sometimes because his record's not that crazy. He 28-13, only 41 fights. That's a decent amount, Angel. This man's been fighting since 1996. He has he is wait, on the yeah, verge. Wait, what the fuck? Really? He's been he's on the verge of his 25th year anniversary of fighting. He's been in the UFC for a decade, Angel. He he nobody remembers because he fights yearly. Everybody forgets it, and he doesn't look old. But he's 43 years old. <laughs> he was, I mean, it's just insane. It's just insane, dude. Um, but, yeah, he did get cut, unfortunately. Um, yeah, he's, he's been fighting since 1996. He said he's going to continue his career. So good for him. But I don't know, dude. That And then, obviously, that was a tough fight against Alejandro Perez. I never liked that matchup for him anyways because Alejandro Perez, pretty good guy, just had a rough streak there. Um, and I guess one last fight to talk about. Douglas Silva, Dondrad. this is a bad man right here, dude. I feel like because he's had a couple of, like, tough fights, people kind of forgot. This guy that came into the UFC 22-0, and 0. he lost to Zabaira. Obviously, good dude, trained with Habib. Uh, he lost to Rob Font. He lost to Pirihan. And he lost to Lerone Murphy. That's it. He has wins over Marlon Vera, Henry Baronis, Cody Gibson, Henan Barrow. Like, he's he's a bad man. And he fucking flattens a dude on Saturday night. So shout out Douglas Silva Andrade getting back into the win column, but angel, this fight car this weekend, um, a bit of an up and down one. It is going to be taking place earlier because there's a huge heavyweight boxing match going on, obviously which we'll talk about later in the show, but main event dude, honestly for the shawley division, as far as women's MMA goes, I said it, you know, while we were talking off air, this is about as good as it gets, dude. This is straight up as good as it gets. Um, Mackenzie Dern, um, 28 years old, ranked number four in the women's strawweight division, 11-1. Obviously, she took some time off after um, having her kid, and she's come back at full force, dude. She's come back at full force. She's beaten Hannah Cyphers Randa Marcos, Verna Janajaroba, and Nina Nunes, all in very lopsided fights. None of them were close. She worked her way up all the way to number four, like I said. Taking on Marina Rodriguez. Uh, also, the fellow Brazilian, 14-1-2, um, only lost to Carlos Barza via split decision. After that loss, she rebounded with nice win to Armando Hebos and Michelle Watterson. It's a very close matchup, very clear striker versus grappler matchup. I feel, I feel like UFC's been doing a lot of these lately, uh, a lot of very clear grappler versus striker matchups. But, Angel, what are your thoughts on the main event of UFC Vegas 39?
1: Absolute fucking banger, like you said, for that weight class. I mean, those are probably, what... The two most talented kind of gals like pushing their way up the division mm-hmm. and uh trying to reach that obviously amanda hebas also in the mix who obviously recently had a loss against marina rodriguez which that's why we find ourselves here i'm assuming that would have been the the other matchup if if, if she would have lost or would have ended up winning but uh you know we find ourselves here man and i mean it's exciting like you say a cl- classic striker versus a grappler matchup it just depends uh you know, the, and we say this a lot of times, but it's just going to come out who executes their, their game plan better, right? Obviously, Mackenzie Dern now with the uh, the more improved striking. I mean, a, a little prone to not go for the takedown as soon as she can, but obviously doesn't have the highest takedown percentage at times. I mean, she'll get them, but sometimes it's it's kind of hard there. But she can still get to submission even without the takedown. So it's not like she needs it anyways. That's the one thing about her, that uh, that she doesn't necessarily need the takedown to get to the submission. And if she ends up on her back, she's just as dangerous as she was on top. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marina Rodriguez, man, I mean, obviously her striking early on—if she can set the pace really well and uh, throw out those leg kicks, get a range established, make it hard for Mackenzie Dern, not allow her to come in—I mean, it kind of—it's kind of really set up for her. I just think that right now, if Dern is really on this, you know, path where her striking is, you know, is better established, she has this great jujitsu, she could probably beat Marina Rodriguez. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. And I also think Mackenzie Dern's striking has always been a bit underrated. It's obviously a bit rudimentary. It's very basic. But, dude, she has a lot of power in her hands. She's a great right hand in general. Um, I know that she's been training boxing under Jason Perillo. So, I I, I mean, I think her striking is getting better. Um, But as far as the fight goes itself, I mean, we, we kind of talked about, obviously, the keys to victory there real quickly. But who do you think actually has got this one? For me, it's an extremely 50-50 type fight.
1: I'm picking Dern. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. For me, I uh, I'm also actually going to pick Mackenzie Dern. Now, I for what it's worth, I I, I did go back and forth on this one. I think Marine Rodriguez, she's huge for the weight class. Not in terms of like her weight, but think she's like very very tall. She knows how to use her length, so on and so forth. Mackenzie Dern, I think the big key for me is that like you mentioned, she doesn't need the takedown. Her takedown's not. Actually, spectacular. I believe I read the stats somewhere like her takedown like percentage is ten or twenty yep. percent, something very, very low. Um, but she still wins these fights just because if you're grappling with her at all, if she gets into close range at all, you're done. Like, <laughs> like she doesn't need some extraordinary thing to obviously win the fight with a submission. And Rina Rodriguez has okay jujitsu. Um, I know that she is a purple belt. I know that she's not. But for me, the big thing is, like, very rarely – it's hard to get her to the ground, but she also has fought many grapplers. I'd say uh, Amanda Hebos is a relatively good grappler, um, didn't have a whole lot of success. But the one that kind of draws me back is the Cynthia Calvillo fight. Not many people remember that one. Basically, Rodriguez was winning that fight for the first two rounds uh, pretty clearly. Calvillo gets her down in the third and just batters her because Mon- Renina Rodriguez had no idea what to do on the ground. Once the fight actually hit there, because very rarely people actually – you know, take her down, because she's so big for the weight cost and has very good takedown defense. I don't know if she's going to be able to take the fight there, but I will say this much, I think Mackenzie Dern, she'll be fine on the feet if it stays there. She would obviously be losing the fight, I think. But I think she has enough power to kind of keep, you know, how you guys guessing, and also I think that, obviously, she doesn't need to get the takedown to get the submission. Uh, but I am going to take her via submission. But, overall, it is a very, it is an excellent, excellent fight. Co-main events, um, you know, neither one of these guys are in the top five or they're going to be anytime soon. Uh, but Randy Brown taking on Jared Gooden, two guys coming off of excellent wins. Um, obviously Randy Brown, uh, submitting our boy, cool guy of the week. Like I mentioned earlier, Alex Oliveira back in April. Uh, he's won three of his last four fights, all of them via finish. One loss being to Vincent DeLuke, Jared Gooden. On the other hand, um, you know, he's he's had an interesting stretch in the UFC, I'd say. Uh, obviously, he had a war of a fight with Alan Joban. did not go his way. Had a fight with Akbar Nakamanov, did not go his way. But he did knock out Nicholas Stoltz in his last fight in July. Um, it's a bit weird we this one's to the call main spot, Angel, but uh, who do you got?
1: I got Randy Brown, bro. I think he'll be able to come out, do his thing, get the takedowns early on, and uh, honestly give Jared good and a bad night. Mm <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's fair enough, man. Um, I I think this fight's close to what people think. I I read somewhere that I don't know the I don't have the exact figure in front of me of how big of a favorite he is, but I believe he is one of the biggest favorites on the card, uh, probably just because of Jared Gooden's lack of experience at the top level. Um, I mean, like his win over Nicholas I think what do you say? Yeah, took that final, on like two or three days' notice too. Um, so not a whole lot there for. So I'm going to take Rainier Brown as well, but Jerry Gooden has a lot of power. He's very tall, very lanky, so anything can happen, though. As far as the rest of the card goes, my man, what are some of the other fights you want to highlight?
1: I mean, let's just go down one, man. I mean, Tim Million, Matias Nikolau. I mean, Nikolau had that—what was it? Who did he fight? Was it Cape before this? Yeah, Manel Cape, and a decision that was close, but I didn't think he got at the time. And obviously, Manel was having those issues with the output and not winning fights because of it. You know, I mean, he's a good guy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he has a good record, but uh, wasn't impressed with that. And, but prior to that, he had less of Justin Ortiz in the first round, first round finish. Now he finds himself with a former title challenger, Tim Elliott. Lee its <laughs> <laughs> very own. Lee Summit's very own, Tim Elliott.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I like this fight a lot. I really, really do. I mean, I'm on the I'm on the same side as you. I don't think Nikolai did enough to win that fight against Kyle, but I, it was close enough to where I didn't really complain about it. Um, so, I mean, but still, dude, shout out Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott on on the quietest two fight win streak I've ever seen. Uh, wins of Orion Benoit and Jordan Espinoza. If he picks up this one, he's getting there, dude. And and it seems like improbable too, right? Um, cause he's ranked number nine, but there was a point in time where like he lost three fights in a row. He lost four or five, but also whenever you look at the names he lost to, God damn, none, here's the funny part. None of these guys were even in really title contention whenever he fought them. They just so happened to all be top five guys. Now Figueroa, he fought him before he was champion. He lost to me Uh, he fought Oscar Askarov and when Askarov, uh, Askarov's first fights in the UFC, I believe, and then he fought Brandon Roy Val in a fight of the night that he lost. Obviously, since then, he's picked up two dubs in a row. He's taking on Nicolau, like I mentioned. That's going to be a banger of a fight, dude. That's a hell of a fight. Um, and while we're just while we're talking about the main card, dude, let's just go ahead and go one down. I'm still on the Maria Agapova train. You, 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 it does not stop, my guy. It does not stop. I've hyped her up so much from watching her in Invicta. Just completely rough girls, okay? Uh, one of... The most violent female fighters I've seen. She just fights. She fights like she's on coke, honestly. Like there's no other way to say it. She fights like she's on coke. She comes sprinting out of the gates. Now, doesn't always go her way because of that, as is all in her last fight against Shayna Dobson, where um, she gassed out seemingly immediately. But you know, uh, she's taking on Zavita Mazzo, which should be you know, both both very young girls. They're both 24. I'd say Sabina is much more proven, but I still think Maria, she she may pull it out, man. Big fan of hers as well, still. Uh, And then also Deron Wimfel, Haas, should be a fun one. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit off air, but Alexander Romanov, for some reason, is taking on Jared of That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but not only that, but he's... On the
1: prelims, he's one of the earliest fights on the card. That's uh, that's a bit strange, man. A bit strange. That is pretty weird that they kind of put him there, out of anywhere they could have put him.
0: Yeah, so that personally makes no sense to me personally. But um, one last fight I do want to highlight, man. and something I mentioned you off air, it's it's like one of the weirdest. It is this the fight like it's one of those ones that like if you got told me if he told me that he got made on short notice, it would make sense. But not no, this fight they just booked it like it just it just. They just decided to put these two dudes together. Um, Steve Garcia is a guy that normally fights at Bantamweight. He, um, he's a bit, yeah, he's actually only had one fight at Featherweight. um, And that was in 2018. So he's been fighting at Bantamweight. Uh, He had a run in Bellator there. He didn't do a whole lot. He notably lost to Joe Warren and Ricky Tercios. His best win was Sean Bunch. Um, he gets signed after – well, actually, did not get signed out of the Contender Series uh, in 2019 because he missed weight for Bantamweight. goes on, fights in LFA, gets short notice, called to fight Luis Pena at lightweight. And I guess he just decided that he liked the weight, fighting at 20 pounds to normal because I guess he's going to be staying there for this fight. And he's fighting Charlie Antonevaros, who normally fights at 170. So for some reason, they're just putting these two guys in the middle. And I will actually encourage you guys. Charlie Antonevaros is one of the weirdest signings. Now, I will say, I know they signed him on short notice to fight Kevin Holland back last year. But even withholding that, I'd encourage you guys to go take a look at uh, Charlie Navarro's tapology page. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit strange, man. It's a little bit strange. Um, I want to say he, he has one fight – one fight with a – excuse me – one win over a guy with a winning record. So do with that information, which you will. Obviously, he, he lost immediately to Kevin Holland in their fight back in October of last year. So – He's making his return. This is a very weird fight, though. On paper, the weirdest fight of the weekend. Two guys not normally in either one of their weight classes just decided to meet in the middle for no real reason. There's no beef between them. They just UFC decided to make it.
1: So, uh, Angel, is there anything else on this card? Anything else on this card you want to highlight? Well, the fight that's been been tried and made multiple times, of Phil Haas versus Deron Wynn finally happening. You remember Deron Wynn, Josh? Uh He's the uh, he's five, got, he's got five. Death, right? I don't know if that was him, but he's five foot five, Josh, and he fights <laughs> at middleweight. Uh, Costello, it says 5'6". six. He's like five foot five. He fights out like like of AKA DC. He's on like DC five nine type stuff,
0: huh?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's five <laughs> five. That's the thing. He's actually five five. Like he's actually like short, and he's fighting at middleweight. He's taking on Phil Haas, who Phil Haas is like a legit six foot. Uh, this fight's been made or been tried to made like a few times already. It hasn't happened. Hopefully it happens this Saturday. So who knows if that's going to go. And I have one more. Silvana Gomez-Juarez is a girl that I've had like an eye on. Because sometimes I'll go on Topology mm. and click around and look at records, see people who they've fought. She was supposed to fight on the Contender Series. I don't know if it was this last week or the upcoming week. The UC just said, fuck it, we need someone to replace because uh, Lupita Gunitas' opponent fell out. And she's coming in as a replacement because she was already going to make weight anyways. And she's 10-2. I don't know too much about her. So I'm definitely excited to see what she can do this upcoming Saturday. Mm-hmm.
0: Fair enough, man. And I I was not joking about that either. Deron went after his loss to Gerald Mischar back in uh, March 2020, tested positive for amphetamines. So, uh, yeah. Maybe it Although, wasn't Coke. It could have been something else, man.
1: It, it could have been. Done.
0: It could have been. Um, I will say this much, though. Um, he's a guy that man. I wish he could get his weight under control. I really wish he could go go take a look at like his wrestling history. Dude is legit, man. The fact that he's winning fights at middleweight, he beat Filthy Tom Lawler, who is you know for, he fought in the uc for a long time, dude. Um, I want to say he's even winning fights in the PFL now. Tom Lawler is a bad man. He's beat Patrick Cote, CB dolloway I wouldn't say he beat. I want to say he knocked out John Vellante a couple of years back. Good dude. I remember Deron win like thirty twenty six him on the undercard of like Liddell Ortiz three, which for not talk about that card outside of that fight. But um, yeah, dude, Deron Wynn is an excellent guy. But just he should be like a one fifty five er at highest. You know what I mean? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say one fifty five. I think that's pushing it. You but, think a one seventy? Come on. We've I mean, we've seen guys around – just because, like, I think if he were to go any lower than 170, it would not be good for him. Just because, like, I think he'd be losing too. a lot of his wrestling style is based off of, like, using, like, his, his, his weight and being very,
1: very strong. You know what I mean? But the thing is he could do that at a lower weight class and have – he would just have to have a bigger weight cut. It's just that at these – I don't think – I don't think well, – he's he'd be having a big weight I'll cut 100- already. I mean, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. Like, don't well, you it mean he's it. missed weight before middleweight. I know. That's, that's the also other thing. <laughs> there's, there's issues. The, the weight thing is. But the thing is, let's be honest, Josh, regardless of how much, he'll never be a high-ranking guy at 185. Let's be honest. Yeah. No, no, and, no, and no, if no, no. And let's be realistic. It wouldn't be at 170 either. I could see it at 155 if you got the weight under control.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I just think he needs to figure his weight out in general, dude. Like, I just because he could be big at 155 and have great, he could fuck up guys at 155, in my opinion. Also, as much I don't know if he should move down to 155 or 170. I just know that if he's gonna like if he's gonna fight at 185, he's got to get some knee implants, dude. He's got to get some height on him because he is
1: so small for the the other thing. He's also small, so that's why I think 155 would be a good place because he could still be small and big with the weight. Yeah. I was thinking he got signed way too soon. I mean, I understand why they did it because once you're beating Tom
0: Lawler, he's a very good guy, and once you beat a couple guys in Bellator, I kind of get it. But um, it's been it's been a tough one for him, man. It's been a tough one, and honestly, Phil Hawes is a bad man, mm-hmm. so I it's it's not exactly going to be just an easy walk in the park for him, dude. I mean, Phil Hawes is coming off of what three wins in a row in the UFC? Beat Kyle Dawkins. I know he knocked out Jacob Malcoon. Yeah, three in a row. So and his only losses are to Julian Marquez and Luis Taylor. So he's beaten, like he's lost a good dudes too. Um, so it's a really rough matchup for him, dude. That's a tough matchup. But yeah, finally we're getting that fight. For some reason, Maynard and Sean Shelby they show a really big heart on for watching that fight or wanting to make that one, I guess. So it is what it is. But Angel, I I kind of feel like we're we kind of you know, we mentioned it top of the show kinda of mentioned about how the UC's counter programming around this to avoid it, but it's time. And I you know what, I'll I'll give you props, man. Any i I've I drew the line a couple months back. I'm sure you remember, I was like, I'm not talking about this fight until it happens. Just because it has been postponed so many different times. Um I I think the original number is four to this point. Uh it was originally scheduled for July eighteenth. The trilogy obviously you know we're discussing Deontay wilder Tyson Fury 3 obviously they had a first fight in 2018 December uh that was a controversial draw I know Angel you and I kind of both kind of agree that was completely fine but a lot of people like to bitch about it they pretend that it was like the worst robbery of all time because people like Fury okay um they had a rematch in 2020 February obviously Fury won that one they then had a trilogy fight scheduled for July 18th that was postponed obviously due to covid It was then postponed to October, then December, then it was postponed to July, and then it finally got made for October. So here we are, Angel, after all this time. Seemingly, it seemed like this trilogy was not going to happen. Obviously, Fury and Joshua will go down in the, the pantheon of amazing fights that never happened. Um... Well, not necessarily—it could still hypothetically happen, but that, that one was pretty much—they had the, the deal of, you know, you guys got to win your fights, and then it'll get made. And that obviously didn't happen. 18 months after their second fight, uh, damn near three years after their first, what are your thoughts just a couple of days away from Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury three.
1: I You know, it's heavyweight, man. What do you ever expect, right? That's the one thing <laughs> we love about heavyweight boxing. You never know what's going to happen with these guys. Because always, there's always the possibility of that just big hand landing. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, uh, what was it? Now maybe, it, I don't know when this fight happened. Actually, it's probably been a year now. Our boy Poviekin, man, he came out and got the finish over, Uh, what was his name, Dillian White? I mm. mean, he was getting beat up, man, until he landed that fucking uppercut and put out Dillian White. I mean, that's, that's shit that can happen. And for Deontay Wilder, he doesn't necessarily need to land that uppercut. I mean, he can land just that right hand somewhere near the head, man, as long as it's clean, and he and it's not even perfectly he's not even perfectly down on his feet and has his hips turned or anything like that, he just needs to land it somehow wildly flailing, and uh obviously with fury man, we know we know his style, you know what he's capable of we know he's super weird, awkward, heavy movement, light on his hips i mean you we know the matchup at this point it's dependent of what's gonna happen, you know. If 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 Tyson Fury is going to come out again, bring some pressure, or if, or if Fury has improved anything, and or if Wilder has improved anything, and and uh, he's uh improved his, his just raw boxing skill, and is able to uh kind of have a better game plan as far as like if he's on the back foot, I can do this, I can set up a counter, and and just do something different then, you know, look for the right hand the entire time, which is something that, you know, it's been his bailout for his whole career, but it's worked his whole career for 40 fights, so there was nothing to change, you know. Now he finally found a guy who was able to move around the shots, be able to eat some of the shots, has has experienced the shots twice now, and is going to have to make the adjustments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I think
0: that it is uh, very, very... It is very, very interesting to me personally, just kind of – I feel like there's a lot of people riding while they're off, uh, simply just because of how the second fight went. And I don't think the second – I think this fight is more likely to be like the first fight than the second. Um, not because – I think Fury's going to come out with the same style, but it's important to remember. Part of the reason why the second fight was so lopsided is because in the third round, I believe, that first knockdown happened, and that knockdown happened because obviously he – Hit him on the side of the ear. His equilibrium was lost for the entire rest of the fight. I believe he had, like, what, a busted eardrum or something along those lines? I
1: don't know. It he, was fucked,
0: though. Yeah, he had no balance for the rest of the fight, and he still made it to round seven. Um, and that's part of the reason why he couldn't throw anything back. So I think that's not entirely indicative of his performance this time around. Also, I plenty of time to heal. Yeah, and I think that he's done all the right things. Now, I don't like that he's still doing the whole, you know, saying Tyson had loaded gloves all that stupid shit because honestly i mean if he wants to call tyson fury a cheater he can call him a cheater tyson's tested positive for like roids we know that like that's not like if you want to go there sure fine but don't like create conspiracy theories and like like don't like I, i don't like that mindset from him but in terms of like internally he's handled everything the right way he's changed his entire training situation um, and you can argue maybe that's doing too much because it is obviously it was obviously his first loss and it was weird circumstances, but like he didn't have his legs under him and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Um but still I do like the fact that he is completely willing to go to a guy in Malik Scott who is a very, very good boxing mind. Um, he obviously those two fought years ago, but um he went to him. He's like, you'd be my head trainer. I'll work on your tutelage, all that stuff. And he's completely, you know, um, switched around everything within his camp. I know he got rid of Mark Bruin. I know he's still friends with his other trainer. I want to say JD's, but I don't believe he's a big part of his camp this time around. So he's changed internally everything around. He seems ready to go. He seems intense in this one. I know that obviously the there's there's a whole lot of hype hitting on the on this one in for Tyson. I know that he is a 3-1 favorite. Angel, I know that you mentioned it's very, very hard to predict heavyweight, but if I were to go ahead and, and say, you know, gun to your head, who do you got on Saturday? I'm picking Bob Squad! No, no! Yes,
1: I am. How? Why? Why the fuck not? That's exactly <laughs> why, Josh. Why the fuck not? You know what? Fair enough,
0: man. Fair enough. Um, you're going bomb squad, you're obviously going Deontay Wilder. I'm assuming
1: you think it's going to be a knockout, I'm sure, right? It has to be. That's the only way this fight can fucking end and this trilogy can end. It has to be a knockout from either one of them. It has mm-hmm. to be. One ha- I don't care what happens, Tyson Fury has to knock out Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder has to knock out Tyson Fury. This is how this has to fucking end. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I'll go ahead and give you that. So I refuse these guys going to a decision. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, so,
0: you're, I, I am. I'll you know. I'll say it. I'm very surprised that you're actually going ahead and uh, you're actually going that way. I am actually legitimately very surprised. But as for me personally, man, I gotta go bomb squad. <laughs> so I, I, I got Tyson Fury to
1: die. I love that energy.
0: No, so, I'm not doing it though. I, I got. I, I. I still loved it. I know. I, I just thought I had to do the fake out, man, just because it's fun to say. Um, look, man, I'm biased, right? I picked for the longest time. I've said Deontay Wilder is not the best of these three heavyweights. The big three. Now it's like the big five at this point because Joshua won't stop losing. But we have the big. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure why. I didn't mean to take shots at him. They just that's Whoa, why we shots have
1: shots fire, Josh. That's why Holy we have the big five now. We have What'd Fury.
0: You nothing personally but we not yeah. i mean it's true though that's all we had it originally was a big three where all three of these guys had not lost but then now we have because fury and wilder were the only ones that would fight each other joshua just kept on fighting other guys and he kept on losing so now we have a big five the big the big three's turned into big five with obviously originally fury joshua wilder now you can add usick and ruiz to it but whatever there's more um, names that to come too Exactly. More names to come. Um, our boy, Adam Karnacki, is coming back on the undercard, which we'll
1: get to. Can't right. a job at, man, on the undercard, too, just putting exactly. his name exactly. out there. We'll get, we'll
0: get to that, too. But, yeah, man, I th- I'm admittedly very, very biased towards Deontay Wilder. Like I said, I've never once thought that he is going to outbox these guys. But I always said, man, like, he is the guy that would beat these guys. Like, he's he's the dude. You just simply cannot avoid that power for 12 rounds. You just can't do it. And, honestly, Fury didn't. And if if boxing was done by a human being, not done by a human being, and it was done by a timer, he lost the first fight via knockout. That's not how boxing is, so it's a pointless thing to argue. Um, but he still put him down twice. Um, he got very very close to knocking him out. So going to the second fight, I did pick Wilder again. I'm sure we have that on record here. But for this third one, man, I just I can't do it, man. I, I don't like I don't like the excuses that he's been making. Can he still beat him? Absolutely, 110%. But, and he's done all the right things, like I said. I mean, he's not just working like, um, you know, in, in his original fight. Like, he was just land the right hand, land the right hand, that's all. Now you see him in camp, you see him of the, the sparring, all of the training footage just came out. He's going to the body a lot more. He seemed like a completely different guy. But I truly believe once he gets in there, fear starts going on. I think he's going to do the same game plan as the second fight. I don't think he's going to go back to um that first game plan at all i don't think that's gonna happen i think now what him and sugar hill kind of discovered is that like fury he's very very agile he's very very good with his movement and we always knew that on the defensive side of things i think like they've entirely discovered like oh yeah shit that works on offense too like (laughs) so um and i think now they discovered that like all right well let's keep on moving let's keep on getting getting better and as much as we talk about Wilder getting better, dude, I think Fury, I don't know if he's gotten better, but I don't think there's enough for Wilder to bridge, to bridge the gap. And I think once he gets in there and gets hit by Fury, once Fury starts putting the pressure on him, I think a lot of that train's is going to go out the window. I think Tyson Fury's going to win this, and I think it's going to be worse than the second fight. And I'm not sure how that's possible, <laughs> but um, – I think it's I think it's gonna be worse. Just because like Wilder, I love the guy and I, I think this is you know, like I said, he's done everything right, but I think Tyson Fury, he looks like a man possessed right now. Just you can tell he is very pissed off about having to do this third fight. Uh, just because he saw all the dollar signs go away once Joshua lost. And I think he's gonna take it out on Deontay Wilder. It sucks that we're having this huge trilogy finally come to an end, but it is what it is, man. We're gonna finally get an epic conclusion on Saturday night, one way or the other. Uh under your call Very rarely in boxing do we talk about undercards, my guy. But let's go ahead and get into it, dude. Um, Obviously, there's a couple of different fights in this one. Obviously, Frank Sanchez uh, taking on F.B. Ejabai, like I mentioned. Robert Holinas taking on Adam Kalnaki, Jared Anderson back as well. There's a couple of other fights I know as well as the undercard that I don't have listed in front of me. Um, But as far
1: as uh, some of the undercard fights, what what do you think about some of those? They're all bangers, dude. I, I, like I told you, dude, I, I, I don't have the full list in front of me, but I know, like, for once, it's like, that's worth your money, you know? Honestly, like, I'm not telling you to buy it, but if you want to buy it, it's worth your money. Like, actually, legitimately worth your money. Because mm-hmm. some of those fights are going to be fucking, they could be fucking wars. Some of those have a lot of, you know, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, things that could happen after it. I can't think of the word right now connotations i don't know is it the word for it? i don't know uh, sure. there's a, there's some stuff that you know depending on the result other things might happen because of them which are going to lead to other great matches essentially is what i'm trying to put i don't know why i couldn't word that better
0: no mm. oh, no you're good you're good um yeah man i completely agree and for me like the biggest the biggest fight here i mean there's a couple of very very good ones Adam Kownacki taking on Robert Helinas is completely fra- flown under the radar. I mean,
1: you didn't even know it was happening. Like, well, John- all- and, it's, and it's sad because those are the, uh, probably outside of the two guys obviously getting the card. They're probably the highest ranked guys, you know?
0: Yeah. And obviously, this is a rematch of their fight, which happened back March 2020. Uh, Helinas was honestly getting battered before landing a massive right hand, taking Kownacki out. It ends up getting a TKO in the fourth round. Um, and that's all. It was one of the better feel-good stories because I believe once he won that fight, he technically was named the mandatory for AJ, but it didn't come together mainly due to COVID and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and so now they're they're going to be running it back. And Kanaki is one of those guys that a lot of people have very very high hopes for. I still do as well, honestly. I think like if you look at his record, I truly think that Molina's fight was a bit of a. Um, I think it was honestly just a case of him having a lot of very very tough fights back to back to back to back his entire style is just predicated on moving forward looking for the knockout and doing a lot of throwing an insane strike count but also his defense leaves him open for a lot of big shots and I think he just I mean he took like what a thousand hits a thousand strikes on all areola fights something insane yeah' I um, know about that you're right yeah I believe they both threw a thousand to that one so
1: it was a banger yeah
0: yeah and then like, he turned right back around like five months later and then he obviously fought Helena, so Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a tough one there, although very, very good, um, fight to have on the undercard. Like you mentioned it, dude, honestly, it's very difficult for us to say, like, you should go buy this card, but honestly, like, whenever it comes to anything, like, not necessarily MMA, because he's been stacking the shit out of their cards. And they're Um, only getting more stacked. They're only getting more stacked, and that's why they keep on doing nothing with with the fight nights, but, um... Yeah, they're only getting more stack. But, yeah, as far as boxing, dude, it's I don't think we've ever once recommended for people to buy it. And I wouldn't recommend people buy anything, honestly, but I will say this much. At the very least, you'll be getting what you're paying for. This one, yes. Yeah. Or you can just go to your local Buffalo Wild Wings and do that as well. Um, that's likely what I will be doing on Saturday night. Not <laughs> me, um, uh, and as far as uh, the rest of it goes, as far as the rest of this card goes, as far as boxing, MMA, is there anything else we want to talk about before we close out? Josh, we
1: forgot one thing. Hmm. MVP versus Lima, my guy. Oh, my God, dude. Oh,
0: the man. Real controversy the controversy run- of down. last
1: week. I missed it. In the run- that, my, my bad,
0: guys. My, God, my
1: bad. It was so that bad, bad all- you forgot
0: about it. <laughs> you know what? I got to say it.
1: wasn't that bad of a fight. It wasn't that bad of a fight, though. No, I'll be honest. though. No. It I've just was worse. not what people wanted.
0: Yes. Yes. That's exactly what that's I, I, I I will ask you this because I, I put out a tweet which triggered a couple of different people. Uh I said that um I said something along the lines of say it with me, everybody, not every close fight is a robbery. And that triggered a couple of different people. <laughs> just because you lot You're of not people, wrong. are wrong about that. People hate MVP so much, dude. Like, they can't, they cannot clear their head. Like, they really can't. So, he gets a close um, decision, and he's a terrible human being. He is a terrible human being. The judges were paid off, actually. I think we need to talk about that. Um, what, okay, so let's just go ahead and jump straight into it, dude. Like, A, what did you think about the fight? B, what did you score the
1: fight? Because I thought it was an alright fight, I didn't think it was amazing or anything. It was okay. Nothing great. Should have been a five rounder, honestly. But which Veltor has now officially changed. Yes, officially. Thank God. Holy fuck. I can't believe that was in a thing before.
0: It didn't take effect until January, though. So the upcoming ones like Fedor Johnson.
1: Which is so fucking dumb. But whatever. Honestly though, for Fedor, that's probably a good thing. (laughs) So that
0: fight's going run round, dude. Oh, it's going
1: one round. Yeah, dude, Fedor's knocking out Tim Johnson. I know. No, it's not. Yes, he yeah, is. Tim, uh, Tim Johnson I know, is legitimately good. Like it's not I know. Happening. I know. Fedor is not. Oh, so now you want to suck Tim Johnson's dick? But I'm when not I was I'm hyping up saying, Tim Johnson. No, I'm he just didn't saying one, he's two,
0: good. Okay. Fuck off. I don't want to I hear this. Fu- fuck off. Oh, I'm sorry because you have your fucking Tim Johnson fucking. <laughs> Body pillow, bro. I'm sorry. I didn't think he... That'd be a big body pillow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I didn't think he did great in a fight. He lost. I didn't think he blocks. did great. I just thought he deserved more props prior to the fight. Hold on. So you thought he deserved more props prior to the fight? Yes, because I thought he's 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 a legitimately decent guy. No, no, no. He is. But but here's the thing. I never said he wasn't that. I never said he wasn't that. And you know what happened? You know what happened in that fight, Angel? He lost, yeah. Like I thought. All was, five rounds.
1: I mean, there probably was one in there that was arguable, but whatever.
0: <laughs> we gotta, dude. When is when does Fado Johnson happen? I think it happens on like the twenty third. That's too long from now. We might have to be in person for that. <laughs> we'll be we'll be throwing elbows. If we no, we can't do the podcast in person. We'll be we will be scrapping. <laughs> um. But yeah, let's let's not talk about that one because we have so much energy saved for that fight. Let's st- let's stick on MVP Lima for a minute here.
1: What did you score the fight? I thought I thought it could have been a uh, i i thought it could have been for Lima two two to one round one two to one yeah um
0: you know that's that's fair enough I can't complain just I mean if you guys didn't watch the fight and I don't blame you because I mean honestly it was it was a UK card so it happened to like. I mean our time. I think it went happened at like four o'clock our time and also it was like a Friday card. So I don't think a whole lot of people actually saw it. Which honestly leads way to a lot of like the criticism like, oh my god, he got robbed, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, what actually happened? Uh, round one. Um, this was the pretty this is the hardest round to score. I didn't think it was actually that hard to score personally. Um, round one, he knocked down Douglas Lima, MVP knocked down Lima. Um, I believe once or twice, but I know that he knocked him down with the first punch of the strike of the fight. Um, he knocked him down. Um, Lima got a takedown, wasn't able to land actually any ground to pound for the, like the last 90, 90 seconds of the fight of the first round, I should say. Second round was clear, clear, uh, Michael Bennett page round three, clear Lima. So that's how the fight went. I thought it was honestly, I thought it was actually a clear two to one for page. So I mean, it was it wasn't a fight where like a whole lot happened. It was a weird yeah. fight. Yeah, it would honestly the
1: fight would have been more decisive with five rounds. That was the big that was my big mm-hmm. gripe because I was like, I think Lima could have won that, but that whole first round was so fucked that I would that's why I would have wanted to see two more rounds. And I wouldn't have had there would I feel like this wouldn't have been an argument if there would have been two more rounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there wouldn't be all this controversy. It would have it been a decisive, It would have been a decisive win. if We would have known who would have won that fight very mm-hmm. easily. Because that first round was just with the, how scoring works and everything, it was just kind of like, do you value the one knockdown? Because obviously the other knockdown was like a pushdown because he like rushed him and like kind of like he went down. It wasn't a knockdown. I don't know if you heard about that whole talk about the when they showed the different angle and he didn't actually knock down uh, Lima. It was actually like a pushdown. Like he ran, he like rushed him and he he ended up going down.
0: That's also the problem is because he does that um, whenever he throws punches. Sometimes he'll throw the little leg sweep as well. So I'm not sure – now, he actually did legit crack him on one of those. Oh, yeah, he I did legitimately wanna... knock him yeah. down one time. Yeah, but I know – but then, time. like, he also, like, hit him at the same time he leg-slipped him. So I'm not sure if, like, that counted as a knockdown or not. I would like to see – like, I'm not sure if Belter keeps stats. I don't think they do like the UFC does. Otherwise, I'd check to see how many official knockdowns he had.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't see the the issue. To be completely honest with you, I really had no issue. And then I hopped on Twitter –
1: Hey, all the controversy comes in the first round. We know round two is MVP, round three is Lima. That all the controversy comes first round, depending what we want to score and who we thought was trying to finish the fight more efficiently in mm. that first round, which is so hard because I didn't feel like either guy was trying to score. I almost fucked it. That that might have been one of the times where I wouldn't have actually had an issue with a 10-10. I
0: actually did see, there was somebody I knew who actually did score to 10-10. I don't remember who it was, but yeah. like it was I, so I low would... activity because it was so low activity. I would have been like, I don't have an issue with that. It was, the only reason I gave it to MVP is because it was very low activity, but the activity that was there is like what do you what do you value more? MVP legitimately got a knockdown with the first punch of the fight. Like that was legit. That's the one that's the one I remember. The other you can argue like leg sweeps and all that. He cracked him with the first punch that he threw, which just to show how lack of for you guys didn't watch it, the lack of activity. First punch he threw was like a minute into the fight. So he so um but he did drop him with it. It's like, do you value that or do you value Lima getting a takedown in which no ground-and-pound happened? That's why I gave it to MVP. But if people wanted to give it to, to Lima, that's fine. I just, I'm just, i pretty sure that's—I thought we'd, like, change the rules to where we're not supposed to value meaningless takedowns anymore. I thought that was a thing that happened.
1: It, like I said, it, it, it like five rounds would have been a decisive decision, in my opinion.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, one quick follow-up, just because, I mean, I know you said that you thought you could have given it 2-1 Lima. I know I said 2-1 MVP. But, I mean, close enough. I don't think it was any real hassle. Would you rather see MVP taking on Lima next in a trilogy fight, which MVP actually mentioned? Because he said, yeah, I want to do five rounds. I want to have, put, like, a solidified ending on this thing. Or would you see MVP get the title shot?
1: I want the rubber match, because I already know that your love amazon fight is how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> if Paul Daly can take down MVP, imagine what our boy as Hey, hey, MVP took down Paul Daly too, though. <laughs> he did. But still, Paul Daly took down MVP. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, you know Josh, I could take down MVP. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Here's
0: what I think they need to do. I think they just need to do like you said, I think they need to run that back five rounds. And then give Jason Jackson the title shot. Give the yeah. ass kicking machine the title shot that he deserves.
1: And I think that would be a funner fight anyways than MVP Yarzlaw because we were incredibly well rounded too. Like, that's, that's a hell of a fight. Even though I, my boy Jason Jackson robbed my boy Neiman Gracie of this position. That's all I'm gonna say. That was a
0: close enough fight to where I didn't, I didn't really. Oh, fuck off! You I thought Neiman Gracie he... won that? Yes. Actually, I think I did too at the moment, but it was close enough for me to It was for bullshit me to after really the there. whole eye graze on the cage. Oh, yeah. But, th- but then, you know, he, he hey, but doesn't he get your respect, though? He turned right back around like one month later, and he beat Paul Daly. Doesn't
1: that get your respect a bit? No, no, no. That was cool. Yeah, he did that. I, get, I, I give him credit for that.
0: I mean, just for that alone, that's why I'm saying to give – because, like, just take a look. It's like either you're going to give it to MVP. It's coming off a fight that he arguably – we don't – people disagree whether or not he won or not – or you're going to go ahead and give it to, you know, Jason Jackson. His last, let's go last four, okay? He He's on a 5-5 five, five win streak, but I honestly don't know the guy's name, the fifth one. But um, last four, Paul Daly, Neiman Gracie,
1: Benson Henderson, Jordan mean That's a hell of a run for Bellator, dude. No, you're not so. wrong. Knowing them, though, they'll probably give the fucking title shot to MVP and make him fight fucking Douglas Lima. <laughs> That's, in a co-main event under
0: that card. It's in a co-main event. That's, that's super accurate. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't, I think they gotta do like what you said. I think they gotta do the trilogy. Five rounds. Just do it, dude. I don't think yeah, anybody... It's,
1: it's perfect. Start of the year, trilogy. You start under your hot. MVP, fucking Lima again. And then on the fucking, you know... Or actually, no. Fuck. I can, they can do a double co-main, honestly. And here's the biggest problem. Here's,
0: here's the reason why I'm saying it personally. Two five, round, five rounds in one Two. Yeah, but here's, here's the biggest problem with it for me personally is because if it'd be one thing if, like, MVP won, it's like, yeah, if he won – if he won even in a decisive but close decision, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But the way he fought and the way that fight went, it's like – you somehow you. made me not interested in an Asimov fight. And I was legitimately really hyped for that before. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I said. That was literally my
1: whole point right there at the yeah, end. Yeah.
0: Like, they somehow made me just completely uninterested. So. I don't know, man. Bellator, they've, they've been making a lot of fights, though, man. They made a lot of fights recently. So, I'm very happy with a lot of moves they're making. Um, So, yeah. Shout out. Shout out Scott Coker. I know he, like I mentioned... <laughs> He 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 announced like a shitload of fights on aerial show. Really? Um, oh yeah, so, he he announced Cyborg's next fight, which oh that's against uh Cavanaugh. Oh, yeah. Instead of Kat Zingano, and I saw that a that was like, the whole I, controversy. Yeah. Yeah, Zingano was like, I'm not sure why they didn't give me the fight, but okay. Which I didn't either, because Zingano versus Cyborg is legitimately that's for the culture, bro, and it's the right fight to make. It's legitimately the only fight that is interesting to me for Cyborg right now because Zingano is so tough. She's a great takedown game, great jujitsu, it, it very durable, great gas tank. It's interesting, right? Like obviously Cyborg would probably be what three to four, like three to one, four to one favorite. cyborg so be a favorite t- in every
1: fight ever except she, unless she's fighting Valentina Shevchenko or Amanda Nunes. Fair enough, but
0: still, still like I'm saying, like she would not be as huge of a favorite,
1: dude.
0: Mm-hmm. That's not very interesting. The Kavanaugh fight, but I am a big fan of obviously. uh, Patrici did go ahead and, or Patricio, excuse me, did vacate the lightweight title. So now his brother Patrici is fighting for it against Peter Quillin in the rematch in
1: Ireland. Wait, that's that's on the line for that fight. That's official. Oh, yeah, the belts on the line. Has to be a banger of a fight because honestly, it was a banger the first time. Oh yeah, in Ireland. Ireland.
0: Yep, in Ireland. Uh, James Gallagher. Originally the main event, now
1: put for the co-main. Oh shit, he got pushed down with Patchy Mix. Yep. Wait, also- so what, what other fights did he announce?
0: Oh, he announced he's not an official yet, but he said that they're looking for a rematch between AJ McKee and Patrici or Patricio. Sorry. Because of how it ended. Yep
1: okay that makes sense after so many years yeah that's yeah, would... and then
0: they also and then he didn't announce another five yeah he just also made official the five round thing
1: okay okay that's a, that's a lot of news though for bellator so i'm i'm happy with that yeah same here same here so that'll be fun um as far as the show as far as bellator ufc any other news anything else we feel like to talk about before it goes out no man i think we got into it pretty well uh Excited for next week. Obviously, Bellator's back, right? They're going to get their final matchups for the Grand Prix, right? Is that next week? Yep. Yeah, so that's going to be big for us. Obviously, we'll know what's going to be the the final matchup for that light uh, heavyweight Grand Prix. And uh, how that that's how that, obviously, some little preview and predictions on all the possible matchups for that. And the mm-hmm. opponent uh, change up on that. Obviously, next week, we also have another card, which has gone through some changes, some unofficial <laughs> stuff that was made official recently. But, hey, man still should provide for what it is still some good names on that so i think we have some stuff looking forward to but after that week absolute fucking bangers oh my bangers god out of they just bang it bang it bang it god damn it
0: <laughs> yeah dude hell of a hell of a week i mean one, i mean once we make make it past the greatest men of all greatest main event of all time between aspen Ladd and Norman dumont once we get past that on the same day we're going to see fatal versus tim johnson and then Paulo Costa versus Marvin Vittori. Goddamn, dude. What a day. It just gets better after that. I know, dude. And then obviously we have the pay-per-views back-to-back. They're just back-to-back. incredible, dude. Back-to-back. Incredible. Back-to-back I mean, right.
1: weekend's off for me. Got it off just specifically for that. Nice. I'm committed to this. I live <laughs> for this. You're in it. I'm in this. <laughs>
0: yeah dude it's, it's 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 fun times fun times obviously gonna be fun this saturday night obviously with wilder fury but dude combat sports is popping right now man it is is completely popping as far as um as far as the rest of the show goes if you guys want to go ahead and uh give us a follow at courtside sound one for stuff all relating to the show feel free to you know subscribe on youtube give us a follow on twitter like i mentioned he's at and underscore o one. give us more follows guys come on come on what are you doing uh, and then I'm at Josh. Make sure to follow me for all my worship related to KCHI Press and now the Sportster, uh, which I recently joined their team this past week. Obviously, they're actually I didn't, I didn't really mention much about it on Twitter, but obviously they are actually one of the largest uh, pro wrestling sites. I'm not joining for pro wrestling. I'm actually one of their being brought in to help them head up with some MMA content. So that'll be fun as well. Um, so be sure to follow them be sure to follow me hope you guys enjoy the show this week as always peace and bye grease mouse click